0: So the interesting question is, why should states be part of international law? And I think there are three main points. Firstly, it ensures that justice is applied equally to all states. Um, So the standard that you're held accountable to is um, the same standard that every other state's held accountable to. There is that mechanism of accountability. OK, you have that political mechanism of accountability, But thirdly, you've also got those enforcement mechanisms so you know that as a state, if your rights and responsibilities have been breached or not upheld by another state, you have means by which you can actually enforce them. So those are, I think, good arguments for why states would want to subscribe to the international legal system.
1: I think these are very good and very valid points. However... Having said that, the picture of international relations and states' adherence to international law is not entirely clear. Uh, Yes, that's true. States are more or less keen to become parties to international treaties, international conventions. However, then what we're facing is a crisis of implementation and compliance with the rules of international law. And this, I think, is the major challenge that international law faces today.
0: I think that is very much a challenge, but I think it's one that the system was designed to take on the chin, as it were. You know, it's part of a symbol of statehood that you do subscribe to the international legal system. And the more states that subscribe to it, the more you can look at how do you address enforceability and how do you address accountability. So I, I think it's got scope to grow the system to take account of those issues.
1: Absolutely. Well, you mentioned statehood. I think statehood is, of course, a core notion in international law. However, having said that, this notion is being constantly challenged by the modern international reality. I mean, what we've seen, at least in the past few decades, is the growth of participation of non-state actors in international law. Uh, needless to give examples of, let's say, international corporations who quite often are more powerful than states. Uh, if we look at international law frameworks surrounding armed conflict, we're facing quite significant proliferation of non-state parties to armed conflict, who quite often do much more damage than states traditionally would in context of war. So I think these are also challenges that international law faces and which it increasingly needs to address to become relevant in the 21st century.
0: And I think there's certainly scope there. So if you look at, for example, John Ruggie's framework on corporate social responsibility, that has created, okay, a soft law framework for corporations and bringing them into the international law fold. But generally, where you've got soft law, you can then morph it towards becoming hard law. Um, So I think, you know, we will see a progression over the next decade where corporations are brought in to the international legal system on a formal basis. The non state actors, I totally agree with Yoga, it's a much more difficult challenge. For example, how do you address terrorism? But I think again the benefit of the international legal system is you bring the domestic legal products, you know, the different pieces of legislation that we use at domestic level to address terrorism for example you bring that to discussion at international level and then you create international frameworks so you have very much a richness and a diversity of what happens at domestic level informing what happens at international level so you've got the scope to have the best of all worlds informing what you use to develop international law
1: well i think we can i think we can agree that there is actually quite a good set of law out there and quite good set of rules out there. I'm talking not only about treaty-based rules, but also a huge body of customer international law. And as Rosemary mentioned just a second ago, very soft law instruments, which of course are not hard law, but they can serve as a very good persuasive tool and a quite useful tool in future policy making and lawmaking. However, I think we can agree that it's a problem of enforcement of these rules that is at the very core of challenges that we're discussing today.
0: Yeah, I think totally. And when you look at how the system developed and the nations and states that were involved at that time, I think there was maybe a naive assumption that those that were setting up the system would uphold the system and play by the rules as it were whereas I think what we're seeing today is some of the larger states that maybe think that actually they're beyond the system or above the system and that's creating challenges Um, so yeah there are definitely issues that need to be addressed in terms of enforcement.
1: The Open University. For more information go to www.open.edu